What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Alongside with me is this jerk right here, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Feeling love as always. Uh, there's always love when you're around, you know, silly goose, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have our lovely, lovely co-hostess, Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, always a pleasure to have you more than the other guy. Hey, great to be here, as usual. Nice. What's up? Nice. Well, uh, I mean, it's money, guys. I mean, can you believe it? We survived another week. How? Yep. how I mean, how? I have no idea. But, um, you know, I mean, we did survive another week. And, uh, you know, it's a brand new week. So let's uh, let's start it off right, shall we? I actually, you know, it's funny. I actually was uh, having kind of a gripe uh, this week because... I, it's, it's something that kind of just captures my my eye all the time. And I was I was scrolling through TikTok because I'm now completely addicted to TikTok. Like, it's funny. During mm-hmm. commercial breaks or anything, I'm just, like, scrolling through TikTok and looking at the various uh, videos that so many people post out there. And one of them caught my eye. And it's not because it's special or anything, because I've just heard this one before from so many people. Uh, from, well, from so many from so many women, and that's the fact of the matter that a lot of like it, it was this young woman <laughs> talking about how uh, you know like doing a voiceover Im- uh, imitation type of thing or whatever, and the voice said something about, "Oh, you're five four, no thank you. Oh, you're six three, how you doing?" It really irritates me because <laughs> you know, and I saw the comments of so many people saying, "Oh, why are you judging by height?" And she's just like, "Oh, because I have a preference." See, this this kind of hurts me because I'm five nine, right? I mean, I'm I'm not not six three. I'm not five four. I'm kind of in the middle right there, and it's just like okay. So I mean, like when it comes to height and women, there doesn't seem to be a gray area. You're either way too short for them or just as tall the tall that they like. And the thing is that I've asked women in the past, why do you guys like tall men? And they're like, because we like to feel protected. Um, Bruce Lee wasn't tall, and neither n- neither is the heartthrob that so many women love, Brad Pitt. He's not tall either. He's actually shorter than I am. I mean, and yet people are like gaga over Brad Pitt. And Bruce Lee, he wasn't that tall, but he could beat the crap out of a dude. So what's the deal? I mean, this is a trend that's been going on for a few years now because it wasn't like this before. Uh, Women used to just like guys, you know, for who they were, not for their height, you know? I mean, but women lately, they've become like height supremacists. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You know I mean? It's like, you know, it's like they're like just saying sick height, you know? I mean, it doesn't make any freaking sense. Give guys guys like, you know, me a chance. I mean, I'm 5'9", for God's sake. I mean, I could still do pretty well in a fight, you know? but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a gripe. I mean, Lonnie, maybe you yeah. could explain this. What I mean, and, and, and then there was a comment that said, well, guys don't usually like going out with tall girls. Bull. I, I don't mind. I, I, I really, I, <laughs> tall women to me, 
for some reason they, they're retracted to me. It's weird. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, maybe because I'm like shorter than they are and they feel they could protect me or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I don't, I, 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 I like tall women. Tall women are beautiful to me. And I, you know, I would date a tall, a tall woman. That's for damn sure. So there's nothing that's, that's also bull because, mm-hmm. you know, like shorter guys, they dig on tall women. I mean, look at, again, Going back to Tom Cruise, he married Katie Holmes, and she's like three, like six feet tall, taller than him. You know, <laughs> I mean, and they were married, so like height really shouldn't matter. It's almost like the old saying goes: I mean, we're all the same height when we're lying down. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, Lonnie, what, what's the deal with yeah. women and, and liking tall guys? I mean, come on, what, what what's going on with that? I just think it's a probably a couple of things. Uh, one of them, I just from talking to people, you they feel more protected. So there's that. Even though I know you mentioned you make the good point about the Bruce Lee thing, yeah. but but yeah, they feel protected. Uh, I think there's something to you know being tall and then throwing on your hip heels and knowing for photos it looks good so there's the aesthetic oh, part of it it's kind of shallow extremely not be honest with you it's not it's something that i've thought about is it a deal breaker i think a lot of times for some people they miss out on an amazing person mm-hmm. over something like that uh and you can see it uh, for example I mean, these are just, these are celebrity couples, but look at Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. I think she's taller than him. Mm -hmm. She is. And yeah, and uh, look how John seems like an amazing guy. Amazing. You know, a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. I don't think she was thinking of height (laughs) when they first started or talking. So I don't know, you know, and then I heard something a while ago about a study that said uh, relationships where the guy is taller uh, than the woman uh, last longer. Oh, God. I just, I don't, you know what? That's just propaganda. That, that That's, that, again, I don't believe that either. I mean, yeah. again, we go back to John Legend. And, you know, Chrissy Teigen, they've lasted a pretty long freaking time. You well, you're, talking, you're talking about the, the fairy tale love story in the entertainment right. industry at okay. the moment. Okay. I mean, you well, are. That's the truth. They are the, they are the fairy tale couple right now. Two incredible people, you know, good yeah. hearts, always looking yeah. out for others, always working for charity, always, you know, it's just they are just the dream couple right now. So that's, I mean, you're talking about the ideal. Oh, sure. says, said, says the guy that's like five. Five eleven. Oh, shut up! Of course, oh, you're gonna oh. go ahead and protect your 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 height, your 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 tall brothers in let's this whole be, thing. Let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. <laughs> I am of perfectly average height. <laughs> Bull! I'm average. I'm five nine, <laughs> and, and I'm about five ten and a half. That's I never hit five eleven. I'm right in that average average range. Hey, Jeremy, on your comp card, did you write? six feet did you tell people you were six feet when you first started nope never good for you because a lot of men a lot of men say that they're six foot tall and they're really 5'11 absolutely no I never Mm -hmm. did that it was never on my call cards or my sheet or anything like that um and the truth is, to me, it's just a preference. I think social media and the memes and everything else, you're seeing a lot more 
it's become a thing right now so it's being posted about a lot and you're seeing a lot of it i mean you see all these little memes where i mean it's pretty pretty harsh too where they you know you see nothing more than just a height and i'll say like five four a troll five six a midget wow. you know a five mm-hmm. eight and it just goes through and until you get to like six foot then they're like oh and this is a king i mean you see this kind of stuff all the time That's and my own garbage my only real issue with it is if guys were posting that kind of stuff about women women would be having a fit yeah. Losing their right. mind, you chauvinistic, da da da. You know, I mean, it would be an absolute outrage. Yet it's right. fine for women to be doing this to guys. I don't, you know, I don't see that as being okay. Um, you know, we've been trying to get guys to pull back on the, you know, just judging women by their body, just judge, you know, mm-hmm. but it's all of a sudden okay for women to be doing that. Well, the argument there... it's being there, praised, and it's being like, you know, oh, empowerment. Kiss my I, ass. It's not I, empowerment. I was going to say <laughs> that the argument there is that the women are going to be like, well, men have been doing this for years. Now it's our turn. That doesn't make any sense either. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I mean, you need to rise above our the male idiocies. You know, I mean, well, as we've said, I mean, I've I've maintained it. The women are mm-hmm. definitely the smarter sex, and yes, coming with that maybe is a bit of a higher standard. We don't expect that as much, and no, just because right. something happened for a long time. I mean, we do expect. I mean, women have been for many many years have shown they are the smarter sex. That's my opinion and I will stick with it but <laughs> thank you <laughs> well it's just I mean I'll stick with it uh-huh. hands down um, I agree but coming with that you know yeah we expect we expect somebody and a gender that is that we feel smarter than us should be acting behave, smart act, <laughs> behaving a little more above board mm-hmm. so yeah, I that's just, really my only issue with. It. I mean, people always have their preferences. You know, that's the truth. I mean, I have friends who were in the military and spent a lot of time in the Asian theater, and guess what? They tend to have a certain preference. Mm-hmm. I have friends who, you know, whose parents were either tall or short, and because of that, they have a prefer. You know, yeah, preferences are preferences. But when you're discounting people and writing people off completely because of some physical attribute. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's it, okay. You know. So you guys, I'm five ten, so I should go with a guy who's five five. <laughs> no, you should go with a guy you like. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say exactly that too. <laughs> go with a guy that you like. You know, okay. go with a guy that makes you feel great that that you have fun with. I, I mean, know this. I'm just. I'm I know just you like- do. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's it's almost like I I almost feel that you know the the media and entertainment industry have played a role in deciding for women or maybe brainwashing them into thinking that tall is the way to go only um Mm -hmm. i mean because it's just it's just funny or maybe it's just me but shortly after uh let me give you an example shortly after the kim kardashian and ray j you know (laughs) sex tape came out suddenly women were like just flaunting over black guys left and right because you know really yeah i found a lot of women were all of a sudden you know i mean and it was 
it was pretty much it was pretty much uh, uh, like. Uh, you think it was because of that? I don't think it's because of that, but I think maybe it might have played a part in it because okay. suddenly it's like all these women were like, oh, you know, uh, is you know, I mean, you know what they say about black guys and blah blah blah. I'm like. You know that I've even talked to a couple of friends of mine <laughs> that are like that. And actually, I remember this one dude, um, this this uh, buddy of mine who, who is black. He told me, he's uh-huh. like, dude, that's not always true for all of us, man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he told me that. I was like, so, so the rumors are wrong. <laughs> I don't mean to get graphic, but just because you're of color doesn't make you a better lover. It doesn't. That's you I heard that, me? too. I it heard just doesn't. that, too. You know? No, but that's so- people get too caught up in in that, and they'll be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, with someone. yeah, and that's what yeah. I'm saying is that yeah. is, is the fact of the matter that uh, you know many of these many of these women were like going by what you know what that tape went by and by you know uh, like just the media in general they just started hyping that part up they started hyping mm-hmm. that part up you know from Ray J you know and it's like yo you guys gotta stop listening you know I mean choose who you want to be with because you want to be with them not because it's trending or because it's popular let me jump in here real quick I'll take it back even further I mean we've been conditioned to see you know a taller guy as being more you know masculine as being more I mean media has been doing this since the early days of film right. I mean, think, think of the old John Wayne films they made the doors smaller that he would stand in so he looked taller mm-hmm. they would make the doors that mm-hmm. the women stood in taller so that they looked smaller they would you know these were mm-hmm. camera tricks that were used but it was used all the time to show frailness in the females or you know masculinity in the guys different stuff like that but we have, I mean, media and entertainment have been doing that since the 20s and 30s. I mean, right. since the early days of film, they've been doing that. So we've been conditioned to see the big hero as this strong, tall, you know, masculine. It's something we've seen in every aspect of our entertainment, our television, even in commercials. So we've been conditioned to see that as a as a species anyway at this point. Right. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. It really does because I mean, it just it sucks for us guys that are like of average height because it's like we're not we don't fit the bill exactly right there. We're not at the 6 foot mark, but yet, you know, we're not short either. So we're kind of in the middle and it's almost like it's almost like they really don't know what to do with us. They're like, "Um, I'm confused." <laughs> you know, they like look at me like um, you're not six feet tall, but you're not five five. I'm confused. What do I do with you? <laughs> you know, it's like um, you you have fun with me. I mean, you know, just have a good time. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like I said, it's it's something. It's a trend that really, you, ladies, you need to stop with that. You really, really <laughs> do. Just go out with a guy for, I think for, a lot for, of for how tall he is. Yeah, I think for a lot of women who are petite, they don't say this, you know, on the shorter side. If they get with a tall guy, in their minds, I know what they're thinking, that's their chance of having tall kids. Yeah. They're thinking no, Sometimes that. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're Because I see it. I mean, I know probably about four people I've worked with before. All of them were really small, like petite and their husbands or boyfriends were tall. 
And I know that that played in, played into the, the genetics part of it. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, mm-hmm. and the thing is, though, you never know as well. Yep. I mean, genetics yep. are so thick. I mean, I have two exactly. very good friends. Well, I have two very good friends who were both uh, stand-ins and are actors in, I mean, numerous films. I mean, my one mm-hmm. friend, Kevin, my buddy Kevin was an Ewok um, in Star, in, you know, uh Star Wars. Return of the Jedi. Uh Uh So they were very well-known little people and they worked a lot. And when they weren't filming, because roles for little people in the industry are few and far between, they often did stand-in work and they did it for kids because of their height. So I met two incredible people, Kevin and Susie, two of my very dear friends. And their son is six foot three. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. Their son is, six, is, yep. is is a dashing six foot three blonde handsome boy. This yep. incredible kid, awesome guy, and you know these are two incredible people, but they're both little people. And yeah. this kid is a beast. So genetics yep. are genetics, and they're always mm-hmm. going to be weird, and they're always going to throw you a curveball. Right. Yeah. See, you see, ladies, you see, you, you guys <laughs> stop thinking that way. Again, I go back to saying the same. Same thing. Go out with a guy because you like him. He's got a good personality because he can make you laugh. Pretty much me. But I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, but seriously, just just go with the guys that you think are good for you, that are going to be good to you. Right. Sometimes, you know, I mean, there are a lot of there have been, you know, reports of guys that are like taller than women that tend to, you know, pretty much rough them up because they are tall. It's like it's well, let's of- let's get away, let's get away from that for a minute. Yeah, here, okay, yeah, let's get away yeah. from that. That's no, I'm sorry. Exactly. There's there is <laughs> abuse on and mistreatment on in every it comes side. In all shapes it, it, and sizes. I'm sure ex- exactly, and I'm sure maybe height has something to do with it. At- some point but the truth is if that's ingrained in you I don't care whether you're I've seen I've seen wife beaters who are four feet ten you know it doesn't you know it's it's not a height thing there okay let me let me rephrase let me rephrase then uh, basically what I'm saying is that just because you feel that you're protected by somebody that's taller than you doesn't and won't sometimes won't necessarily be that it'll actually be the opposite is what I'm trying to say you know, I, I, I agree completely. My whole thing, right. and it always has been, is looks are going to fade. Correct. The sexiness are going to fade. That how, never fades with me. How, That's fine. How, how, well, <laughs> if you don't have much to begin with, you know, oh, how could it fade? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Come on, you left, the, you left a truck opening there. I could have driven a semi through that You one. hit me in the mommy and daddy button. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, you know, personally, Personality doesn't fade, you know. Yep. If someone touches your heart, your soul, your mind, if they make you laugh, if they make you smile, that is the stuff that does not fade. So, exactly. you know, people need to, uh, I know physical attraction is what makes you cross the room. You know, mm-hmm. nobody ever crossed the room because they looked and went, oh, that girl looks like she has a great personality. Personality. You, uh-huh. don't, you, don't, you don't cross the room at the club for that reason, but... That's what should keep you there. That's what should interest you and keep you there. And if you're really only going for the looks, 
man, you are setting yourself up for some misery later. Yeah, yep. very true. Very true. I mean, there's they got many marriages that have failed, and we know both people were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very true. I mean, I, I had a. I actually, it's, it sucks. I had a. I had a friend of mine that uh, ended up uh, actually ended up hooking up with uh, with this dude I used to uh, go to high school with, and good looking guy, swimmer's body, you know, really really handsome and everything, you know, pretty much could get any girl he wanted, and uh, she got interested in him and he ended up uh you know being with her for the night you know and that was it it was a one-night stand and she expected him to it was one of those that she expected him to call to call her back and he never did he completely disappeared on her all right you know it happens it it just it kind of sad me because she's she's gorgeous she's a she's a she was a soap opera actress you know she'd been on many uh many episodes of uh i think it was days of our lives or all my children something like that um but uh yeah it was a very you know it was a very sad ordeal and I go to find out that this guy was actually a user. He used women left and right. She wasn't the first. Uh, mm-hmm. I found out from uh, many other many other uh, people that I knew uh, that this guy was just like using women left and right for his own benefit. And that's that's the unfortunate thing that happens with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of guys that you know have been blessed with good looks uh, that they just use it for evil. I guess I don't know. It's right. like their superpower that they use for evil, which really sucks because that's where that's where all of a sudden you know guys in general get generalized in being players and this that and the other. It's like mm-hmm. no, no, wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> We're not all like that, you know. So it just it's. But moral of the story here is, ladies, stop being height supremacists. It's not good. Not good at all. <laughs> but anyways, we got a lot of really cool stuff to chat about with you today, including in entertainment news. Looks like a Newsmax CEO is basically saying that they're not going to sell their network to Donald Trump and it's not going to end up becoming another, quote, Trump TV. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, uh, there's unfortunate news in sports today. Uh, Tommy Lasorda has been admitted into the intensive care unit uh, in uh, Hospital Orange County at 93. We'll talk a little bit about that. In video game news, there's a new study from Oxford University that suggests that playing games is good for mental health. Hmm, interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, to start your Monday off right, here is Two Chains and Wiz Khalifa's We Own the Night, right here on Sandra Fed. Two Chains. Money's the motivation. Money's the conversation. You on vacation. We getting paid, so we on vacation. I did it for the fam. It's whatever we had to do. It's just who I am. It's the life I chose Gunshots in the dark, one eye closed And we got it cooking like a one-eyed stove You can catch me kissing my girl with both eyes closed Perfecting my passion, thanks for asking Couldn't slow down, so we had to crash it You use plastic, we bout cash I see some people ahead that we gon' pass, yeah I never feared death or dying
the same ones that I died with Put it all out on the line with If you're looking for me, you can find wit In the new car or the crown with My new bra does a fine chick In the weather squad, I'm down with Ain't no way around it What you say, tell me what you say Working hard, repping for my dogs Do this every day, taking off Looking out for all, making sure we ball Like the mob, all you do is call Catch you if you fall, young Khalifa I never fear death or dying Newsmax uh, is actually it's it's a okay so Newsmax is a conservative network right and right. Uh, the thing about Newsmax is that uh, well obviously we all know that President Donald Trump is looking for a new career uh, you know after he leaves his uh, his t- his term in office and he has already expressed the fact of the matter that he wants to create a television network uh, because he he uh, there was news reports that he was bashing mm-hmm. Fox uh, kind of coming down on them really hard and it was because he was trying to acquire his own conservative news network uh, uh, that pretty much in his opinion you know uh, tell nothing but the truth <laughs> sorry I couldn't help it I, I knew you were gonna I knew I, I was like waiting for it I was like here was an honest lie. I couldn't that was not forced I'm sorry I was trying to hold back I was like I was, I was like wait for it and there it is anyways um, so basically uh Christopher Christopher Ruddy basically said uh, Newsmax would never become Trump TV. We have always seen ourselves as an independent news agency and we want to continue with that mission. But we are open. Trump is going to be a political and media force after he leaves the White House and we would be open to talking to him about a weekly show. Uh, and here's but here's the thing. So 
again, you know, uh, I go back to the old saying, money talks, bullshit walks. So who knows if they might change their mind? I mean, you know, Trump's got a lot of money. He easily make them an offer that they can't refuse. Well, not so easily from most reports. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, people are saying uh, they don't know if he has as much money as he says he does. You know me. I'm not. I'm not being biased here, but we have one of the biggest money conglomerates in Europe that is basically just waiting for him to leave office so that they can file the claim on the $700 million he owes them. Yep. And they're going to be coming after him. They've already said the second he's out of office, they want their money. So... You know, I'm I'm not quite sure he's as uh, <laughs> as uh, has as much liquidity as he likes to nope. make it seem. And that, and the fact of the matter that there's been the the reports about his tax audit, that the only reason why they haven't uh, actually started the process of possible indictment is because he's the president. He can't be, he's untouchable as long as he's the president. So there, exactly. he's he's got a lot of he's got he's got a slew of legal issues happening right after he leaves office. Uh, so that could be another. Another little bit of an issue for him right there. And uh, again, you know, it just seems that uh, it just seems that uh, they don't want it to they don't want their network to become Trump TV. And that's what they're afraid of. Uh, so that could be, uh, you know, another issue. I mean, he, uh, the CEO says that they have been approached by many investors, uh, investment banks, uh, you know, strategic players in the past, and they pretty much have declined all offers left and right. Uh, it seems that these guys are the, the, the one news channel that want to like maintain control you know, over over their conservative views and not be, I guess, uh, and not be, I mean, controlled by special interest groups, I guess you might call them, uh, and telling them what to do, what to say, what not to say, what to cover, what not to cover. So... That's something that I'm that uh, that I'm assuming he's like uh, he's trying to avoid. But as it stands, it seems like they're definitely uh, going to say no to any offer that uh, Trump uh, decides to offer them. So, but you know, again, you never know. We we we. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, who knows? Who knows? I mean, Donald Trump. He definitely has. Uh, he definitely has a, a, a way of about, a way about him about convincing people. So I don't know. I mean, I have I have no idea how this is how this is gonna how this is gonna go, but I guess I mean it'd be interesting to see uh, Trump host his own podcast. I think, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Uh, interesting uh, to who? Right. Ouch. Ouch. Well, you know, whether he starts whatever he starts, whenever he starts it, we know that he's going to be on Twitter forever. Uh, that's an understatement and i feel like you know uh, twitter you know is he gonna have to is he is he gonna well i was gonna say if he's gonna have to change his twitter handle but no he has already his own twitter handle as the at the real donald trump i think that's that's his twitter that's his twitter handle so i thought it might have been like uh the president uh potus uh, mm-hmm. At POTUS or something like that, but uh, I think they change all those all those Twitter handles every time a new uh, president comes in. I guess I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know how their process. I heard something about it, anyways. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on right now as far as that's concerned. So who knows? We'll we'll yeah. see. Uh, we may see uh, uh, Trump's own uh, talk show, TV, uh, you know, TV show. Who knows on that network? But uh, that's still that's still up in the air. We'll we'll find out later on. In other entertainment news, looks like uh, Sylvester Stallone has joined the Suicide Squad, according to a. Uh, 
picture that James Gunn took on Instagram that basically uh, was captioned, quote, always love working with my friend at official Sly Stallone. And our work today on hashtag the Suicide Squad was no exception. Despite Sly being an iconic movie star, most people still don't have any idea what an amazing actor this guy is. And one fan uh, basically commented asking if Stallone was involved in the Suicide Squad sequel. And Gunn replied, yep. So he's in there in some capacity, even though there were reports that uh, that Gunn had had wrapped up shooting in February. So, uh, I mean, what part exactly is Sly going to play? I'm, I'm assuming that maybe he's in the in the you know how they have the after credits and suddenly there's a surprise villain or a surprise mm-hmm. something that comes out i'm thinking maybe that's what it is i'm thinking he might be like uh set up for part three possibly because if they already wrapped up in february and there's shooting something now i'm assuming they might be doing like they, they he might be doing like some sort of a uh, a surprise entrance kind of like what they did in uh in justice league when they introduced um um, uh, uh, Deathstroke at the very end uh, with the after credits and stuff. Uh, so that could be something similar to that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, what? Do, I mean, Jeremy, what do you think on this whole thing? What do you think? What do you think? What part do you think Sly is perfect for when it comes to when it comes to, um, to uh, the Suicide Squad? Really, it'd be hard to pick a part. Um, I think the respect James Gunn for has for him is is pretty is pretty awesome, and it's well deserved. People don't realize mm-hmm. um, how strong Sly's acting skills can be mm-hmm. when he gets the right part. Mm-hmm. Um, Copland would be a great. Uh, example of that. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, brilliant film, but it's a very understated mm-hmm. performance by Sly. Mm-hmm. And people were actually talking about him as a nomination for Best mm-hmm. Actor that year. Yes, um, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it came, I mean, it really came out of nowhere because, mm-hmm. you know, Sly has stuck to the action, which is his forte mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is brilliant. You know, he's great at it. But when he gets mm-hmm. a chance to really show his chops, man, he's he's got it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see where they stick him. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense what you were saying there, Xander. Um, you know, if they already wrapped up filming, it'd be very hard to shoot something to squeeze in that mm-hmm. that, that still fits. Um, so it, it would make sense for it to be like an after after credits type scene. Um, you know, very similar to you know bringing in Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do a lot of that kind of thing, and he could very very easily be put into a, a villain role, but he could also mm-hmm. very easily be one of the, you know, military people that is helping the Justice League and that kind of stuff. It, you, you just don't know which way they're going to go with it. Um, with it being Suicide Squad, they can tie all of it together. You just don't know where they're going to go. There's so many characters that, I mean, mm-hmm. that they still haven't brought out or introduced. So very true. Um, taking a guess at what or who would be almost impossible. What about you, Lonnie? What do you think? Who do you, who do you think would be a good character for Sly? I have no clue, but I'm. I, the fact that he is possibly going to be in it is enough to make me want to see it. I agree with Jeremy, and that I saw Slice Cologne in something recently. 
And it was like a smaller role in a film or something I was watching on Netflix. And I remember thinking, and in this this particular scene, he had to show some vulnerability. Like it was just, he was just like a regular guy. And I remember just thinking, wow, he's a really good actor, you know? So um, I don't know, but I'm excited. Well, I guess we're going to have to find out because there still hasn't been any reports. No one really knows exactly uh, what his role is in Suicide Squad 2. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It'd be funny if they go ahead and introduce his character from the Expendables in Suicide Squad 2. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> he just walks in with his beret and everything and just That's smoking funny. a cigar and is like, hey, guys, I heard you guys need help. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That'd be so sick to see that. Or his character Rambo. If he comes in as Rambo, that'd be dope. Uh, no, after that last Rambo film, John is done. John Rambo is, is finished. So Yeah, I, I didn't actually see that last one. So, I mean, are you saying that he's done because of the character? Or are you saying that he's done because the movie was just... No, I was saying he's done because of the character. It oh, was, it oh was, I'm going to see it then. It was for him... Is it a spoiler? No, it's not spoiler. It's It's more from him writing it it was kind it was it's meant to be the end ah. it's meant oh, okay. to be it's not this is the the culmination and the wrap up this was not this is supposed to be the final you know now you never know i mean after i think it was rocky 5 Stallone wanted well no it was I believe Rocky 5 because that was the one with Tommy no, Morrison I, the I just, real boxer I, I just I just remember I just remember Spaceballs oh yeah now Mondo's review of Rocky 5 thousands <laughs> and that's not that's not far from the truth either no it's not but at the time when he originally wrote Rocky 5 he wrote it with Rocky dying at the end ah because of the cancer well, no. Oh, no, no. Okay. That was that was the that, that was later. That was Balboa. That was, later, that was yeah. the one with Creed's mm-hmm. son with uh, mm-hmm. Michael well, yeah. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he wanted to kill off the character. He wanted an ending. He wanted it finalized. He he. There's something in Stallone that these characters that have meant so much to him for so long. He wants to see them have kind of a fitting end. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think with this character Rambo, I think that's what he wanted out of this. It was a very personal story. It's more family driven in the new Rambo where he's, you know, coming home and and trying to set up a life and it's kind of a culmination of everything. So I don't think we'll see any more Rambos. I don't think we'll see that character anymore. I think it's something that you know, Sly has wrapped up and kind of put put his signature on and said we're done well i mean i guess i guess we just gotta wait and find out then to see yeah. who's care what character slide is gonna be playing on suicide squad 2 i'm actually hey, looking the fact at that he's 74 and still working how about that tell me no, about it i gotta he's, say him and and schwarzenegger man no, mad respect no, to the both yeah. of them because at their age to be in the shape they are to be able to keep that going yeah. and to still be working in the action industry at their mm-hmm. age Mm-hmm. It's absolutely inspiring and amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're both really rivals. Well. They were both rivals when they first oh, they started hated, the industry. Well, yeah, they hated well, each other. Well, let me say, not hated each other. 
Arnold competitive. They were competitive. They were very competitive. Mm-hmm. And Arnold had a very personal beef with Sly early on. I remember I read about that. What was um, the beef? <laughs> uh, Where's the beef? Where's the beef? <laughs> um, I believe Sly had been had slighted him when they met the first time. It was kind okay. of a, he kind of blew him off. And Schwarzenegger had a real issue with Stallone being propped up as such a big action star and as this as the biggest and the strongest when Schwarzenegger's standing there going yeah I'm the biggest and the strongest wait a minute <laughs> uh, okay so there was a very personal thing there for him as well early on but mm-hmm. they've both mended fences long ago and have actually become pretty good friends it seems so yeah best friends actually from what I know, understand yeah and I love yeah. watching the two of them together uh, I I absolutely love when they do any of their um, social media updates on their workouts what they're doing mm-hmm. at the time it is awesome to see the things these guys are doing at that age and yep. You know, I mean, they're lifting weight I can't even think of still at this point. And it's it's amazing to see. I mean, I don't know. I think I think uh, I think either Arnold might slow it down, especially after his heart surgery. I think he might slow it down a bit. I mean, or then again, maybe I mean, it is Arnold. Maybe not. I was going to say, I highly <laughs> doubt it. I mean, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll take a break. I'll do it till but... I die. Arnold has become smarter in his old age. It's not that he can't throw around the heavyweight. He's we've seen it on Instagram and social media. He can still do it, but he he knows the body. Mm-hmm. He does not train like he used to, where he's training for sheer size and math. He's training for longevity now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he and and I don't see that stopping. I mean, the truth is, when I started doing my CrossFit and stuff, I mean, we have seventy and eighty year old people in my CrossFit I class. Believe it. Yeah. You know, it's it's and that's the whole mindset of my CrossFit coach. And yes, they're not all like this, but mm-hmm. his mindset is you want to be doing this till you're 90, mm-hmm. till you're that's 100. Right. This yeah. is how you maintain that longevity. And that's mm-hmm. why he always pulled us back when the ego was starting to get in the way and mm-hmm. you're trying to put on too much weight or you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, he would pull us back and be like, no, 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 no. You know, this isn't about your ego. This isn't about, this is about you right. still doing this in 40 years. So don't do anything exactly. stupid now. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's true, and that's true. That's something that uh, that uh, many people uh, should strive for eventually is just for longevity. After you get to a certain point, to a certain age, uh, you're no longer trying to be impressive or anything like that. You're just trying to survive and stay and stay as healthy as you can for as long as you can. Uh, that's that's the, that's the main goal here. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, go, going back to uh, going back to what Sly's role is I, again, I can't stress this enough. I cannot wait to know exactly what part he's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be a good one and people are going to see it and be like, what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that could be, that could be the situation. Who knows? Or he could just be playing a cameo somewhere in there. You know, he might be, he might have like a little part that makes you say, was like, wait a minute. Was that, was that slot? What? That's that's so much slow. What the hell's he doing in there? You know. So, I mean, who knows? Well, I guess we're just gonna have to wait to find out when uh, Suicide Squad Two is released, which that again is uh, up in the air at this point. We still don't know what's gonna happen with that yet, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll find out soon enough. In other entertainment news. So George Lucas uh, expressed uh, that Fox execs 
had told him that a young Anakin Skywalker would destroy the franchise. Uh, basically, he had an excerpt in uh, in uh, 1999 Empire Magazine interview, and he basically expressed how Fox execs were basically saying that it's not a good idea for 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 the Star Wars, uh, the Phantom Menace, to be centralized around a nine-year-old boy, uh, which is Anakin Skywalker, who later on became Darth Vader. So uh, he, I mean, George was like, you know what? It, I'm just, it's my way or the highway. It's going to happen the way I want to do it because that's the way I wrote it. And that's how I want to tell the story. Um, and he basically said, you can't play too much, quote, you can't play too much to the marketplace. It's the same thing with the fans. The fans' expectations had gotten way high and they wanted a film that was going to change their lives and be the second coming. You know, I can't do that. It's just a movie. And I can't say, now I got to market it to a whole different audience. I tell the story. I knew if I'd made Anakin 15 instead of 9, that it would have been more marketable. If I'd made the Queen 18 instead of 14, then it would have been more marketable. But that isn't the story. It is important that he be young, that he be at an age where leaving his mother is more of a drama than it would have been at 15. So... You just have to do what's right for the movie, not what's right for the market. You're going, uh, and and that's basically, you know, Lucas continued on and said, "quote You're going to destroy the franchise. You're going to destroy everything." Uh, um, you know, uh, and and you know, in saying, and that's he was basically quoting what Fox execs were saying. Uh, you know, and they and they also said making a movie that nobody wants to see. So I mean, and it did. Really well at the box office, even though the other two that came after that didn't do too well. I mean, he had a point about, especially when he said about how the leaving his mother would be more dramatic at age nine than at age fifteen. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, that part mm-hmm. made me cry. He was right about well, that. That that well, part yeah. really got and to that, me not when only I saw that. that. You're you're drawing into me. I'm looking at it the opposite. So you're making it more where it can appeal to an entire family, to the whole family. To exactly. young young people and older people connecting with that story. I mean, exactly. you know, when I think of, I don't want to compare it to like even The Lion King. The Lion King, I, I remember now the one that came out recently, different subject, um, you know, with Beyonce doing the narration. I didn't care for it too much, but I will mm-hmm. say this. The story is what kept all the little kids in the theater watching it. And when I was watching it, me seeing how they reacted to Simba, you know, and and all that. So good for him with sticking to his guts. Yeah. Let me throw this out there. Um, I I, first more applause to him, more props to him for sticking to his guns. Um, I don't believe that. Anakin being that age drew away from the film at all. I believe the execs were 100% completely wrong. Um, Now, the Anakin character has been the most disputed and considered one of the biggest drawbacks to those three films. The problem is not that they started the kid at nine years old. The problem is they made the kid a whiny little bitch. (laughs) It's, I'm I sorry. I didn't see that coming. 
Really? They, 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 for me. I, I'm sorry. They made the, they made and 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 Christian Hadenson it he portrayed it with no charisma whatsoever. Unfortunately, Ouch. it's what the fans really did. Not. I'm not criticizing. Him. I mean, he was working with the with the horrible dialogue and and I they mean, were telling just, him how to how the character how the character should be and that's yeah they they were doing all that stuff so it was i'm not putting this all on him mm-hmm. but it wasn't the age thing that was such a problem it was that you had this this character who's going to grow up to be the most powerful most feared presence in the universe and for three films, it was just, oh, life is so bad. They're so mean to me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I mean, dear God, the fans, our ears were bleeding by the end of it. It was, I mean, it was one of the biggest reasons the fans hated those films. So the age, that and Jar Jar, they couldn't well, stand Jar Jar. Yes, but me so good. But the fact is, the first film had a lot of problems. I mean, the fact that it was based around intergalactic trade taxation and stuff. I mean, this is, this is supposed to be exciting. Really? There were so many problems with the story that I honestly don't believe the age thing had anything to do with it. I think the Fox execs couldn't have been further off with that. His idea of having the kid being younger so that it's more dramatic leaving them. I mean, all of that makes so much sense to the story. What we as fans did not like about Anakin Skywalker is you had this just whiny little character <laughs> through three films and it, it it is not who Darth Vader or who Anakin Skywalker was in any of our minds. I mean, Anakin Skywalker was supposed to be this this great pilot and this great fighter mm-hmm. and this great hero before this. And that's not the character we saw at all. That's not what they gave us. They gave us this whining, simpering punk, and it just <laughs> didn't work. I mean, Jeremy, how do you really feel? You know, we don't pull punches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel that you were still holding back. No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and you're completely right. I mean, it, it's one of those things where when I when I first in the in the movies prior to that, you know, we were t- we were hearing about Darth Vader and how he was this incredible pilot and how he fought in the Clone Wars and all this other stuff in the first three, uh, and then to see, you know. Anakin, who he was, I'm like, why did they make this character look so weak? Like, he just seems so weak. So you, and, you guys don't feel like there was much of a trend. It's like not no development going from him being whiny to suddenly being strong. No, it was it was whiny to evil. There was yeah. no there was no in between. There was no, yeah. there no there real was no transition. Showing, yeah, there was no transition. There was no real showing him his strength growing, you know, his mm-hmm. determination, anything like that. It was just whiny bitch, whiny bitch, whiny bitch. Oh, now I'm powerful. It was like really <laughs> weird. And I don't think I don't even think it was in the the animated series either that any transitions there, because uh, I watched a couple of the episodes of the animated series, the Clone Wars and everything. And even there, the character of Anakin Skywalker still wasn't showing any signs of him becoming evil or anything like that. Uh, I mean, the transition to me, I believe, started happening in uh, in uh, in in where, where he started becoming Darth Vader. And that was shortly after uh, his mother had been had been killed by uh by by the the sand people uh and 
that I think that's where he transitioned. I think that's where his transition was starting, and I think that was in part two of of that series. Uh, and he had just started. He started transitioning a little bit then, uh, and then in part three of that series, it would seem that after he killed uh, Count Dooku he suddenly started realizing something was wrong with him. Something wasn't right. And that's where the conflict within him began. Uh, the moment he killed Count Dooku in like the first scene of the movie. Uh, so I think there was a slight transition, but it was too obvious of a transition. They needed to slowly kind of, you know, kind of wean that transition in there. And they didn't do that. They, they went from zero to 60 really quickly. Uh, and maybe it had to do with the fact of the matter that these three movies were made like they were already long as it was, because as you said, Jeremy, they were mainly focused mm-hmm. on, on, you know, the story about the trade federation and all this other stuff. And they didn't focus on the characters and how they are transitioning from this point to the other. I mean, I understand that the story had to have some sort of depth in it. Uh, and it had to have a story within it to make sense, uh, you know, some background story to make to make sense. But at the same time, they kind of lost focus in the transitions of the characters, and that's right. something that uh, you know, you know, it's 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 something that uh, you know, it's something that they really should have been, they 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 should have worked on. They should have. Really- something that happens a lot. See, I'm sorry. It's something that happens often. I feel yeah. like a lot of times when you're watching something or yeah, following just, something. It's it's strange. It's the very it's uh-huh. the strangest thing. But uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much that was uh, that was uh, that was an uh, that was an excerpt from an interview that he had. And I guess uh, you know again, George Lucas is the man of Star Wars. He's the one that mm-hmm. went ahead and did everything. So. You know, <laughs> the movie was done and it was his way in the highway and it ended up being his way. So props to him for st- sticking to his guns as far as the characters are concerned. So major pause for him for, for doing that. Coming up next in sports, some sad news going on with the LA Dodgers as Hall of Fame manager Tommy Lasorda is hospitalized and is in the intensive care unit at the age of 93. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Aaliyah's Try Again right here on The Xander Effect. It's been a long
Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Zando Effect, and I am the DJ KID the Chick Creek. Welcome to the place to be.
Hey, yo, this is Nightmare from Dirty Machine, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Let's get it.
That was Afraid of Love by the Pawn Hawks right here on the Xander Effect. In sports, a uh, sad day for uh, Dodger fans in Los Angeles and just a sad day in Major League Baseball in general as we just found out today that uh, Tommy Lasorda has been admitted into the ICU in Orange County, California. Uh, the 93 Hall of Famer has, uh, I guess, has been ill and uh, there hasn't been too much details as to what exactly is is uh, happening with him. But uh, the Dodgers went, a ho- went ahead and uh, posted a, a tweet and a statement saying, quote, Los Angeles Dodgers Hall of Fame great Tommy Lasorda has been hospitalized in Orange County. Lasorda, 93, was admitted and he is in intensive care, resting comfortably. The family appreciates everyone's thoughts and prayers. However, they request their privacy at this time. Uh, of course, we all know that mm-hmm. Lasorda was one of the most famous managers of the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he went ahead and uh, he managed them for 21 seasons he won the World Series in 1981 and 1988 uh, he also attended game 6 of the World Series uh, when the Dodgers uh, beat the Tampa Bay Rays to win the the 7th World Championship so he got to actually witness that and be there for that uh, very very uh, you know very uh, sad news right now hopefully he'll get better but at 93 Mm -hmm. and they're already saying intensive care and he's resting comfortably and it just seems so final right now i mean it's it's tough to call you know i mean jeremy you're a dodger fan just like i I mean i mean how's that hitting you it's breaking my heart i mean you know this is that's my era that's when i grew Mm -hmm. up i mean my first my first dodger game i ever got to go to was 1981 playoff game Mm -hmm. and you know that was the dodgers the first part of the miracle run of the 80s for that lasorda led dodgers and uh man um there was nothing like watching tommy waddle on out there to start yelling at one of the umps or (laughs) you know get out there to start talking to his pitcher and get everybody calmed down he was genuine and Mm -hmm. that's i think what really connected a lot of us to him I mean, this is a guy who in his interviews would talk about what a horrible pitcher he had been in baseball mm-hmm. you know and that would sucks. talk I mean would just rag on himself left he was just very honest and very genuine mm-hmm. and he was very passionate you know that Italian fire mm-hmm. in him and you know the fans loved him for exactly that reason he was a great st- strategist he was he was just a really awesome coach seemed like a wonderful guy he was a huge part of the Dodger family and still is he has been you know through his through his entire retirement from coaching as well he's been a a mentor and leader to the other coaches he's been a mentor to players he's he's just an invaluable part of the Dodger family and as Xander said you know at 93 years old there there's a certain finality that you Mm -hmm. feel in in this and um you know I hope everything's okay but he's had an amazing life and uh it would it would be a huge loss but he's had Mm -hmm. an incredible life he's had 93 incredible years and um you know all my prayers Mm -hmm. to his family 
Agreed, agreed, and, and I mean, yeah. honey, I know, I know, yeah. you're not, uh, you're mm-hmm. not necessarily a Dodger fan, but you are from no, LA. But I, I know, yeah, and I. I mean, you're you're not friends. from LA, but you're not, you're officially no, a Los Angeles since you moved out here. Follow baseball. I actually have one friend in particular who's Italian, who's mm-hmm. a big baseball uh, fan, and I remember back in the day when Jeremy was talking, like in the '80s, I remember him talking about Tom, Tommy Lasorda, like talking about him a lot, and whenever he would, for me, you know, because I, I wasn't a big baseball person but that was it's just a name that I know and the reason why I know is just because of how my friends so admired him so for that reason you know my heart and prayers definitely and for other reasons um, go out to his family and I was just reading I, I didn't know this when you guys were when Jeremy was talking about all of his accomplishments he actually uh, managed the gold medal winning US Olympics baseball team in 2000 at the mm-hmm. Sydney at the Absolute. Sydney Olympics yep, absolutely. Sure did. So that's pretty cool to, to me you know so I just um, I just find the timing of it I always think about things it's, it's interesting that the Dodgers finally won this year and I'm so um, I'm so happy that um, Mr. Lasorda got to to see that I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. I was thinking. It took, wow, just the timing. Yeah, the timing. The exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it took them so many years to win another championship, and yeah, you know, he got to see. You know, if mm-hmm. if this, I mean, God if forbid, it, and let's hope this, it isn't. But let's hope it isn't. But if this is the last, mm-hmm. you know, time that Tommy gets to see the Dodgers win a championship, or 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 gets to see the Dodgers. Period. Then what right. a way to go! What a way to go with that right. memory. Thinking, you know what? My team won another championship before I left this hurt. That's exactly. well, you. Know, you never know. I mean, that could have been part of what was keeping him holding on. You know, and yeah. I hope this isn't the end for Tommy right now. But I mean, it could have been. People hold mm-hmm. on for all sorts of reasons. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've I've had it. I mean, for m- much more, you know, personal reasons. I I had a family friend as well as my fiance at another time. Her grandmother held on specifically for another day and a half until her and our boys got there to the Philippines to say goodbye to her. Oh, I believe it. She totally. she told mm-hmm. her she told her daughter that she was ready to go, and her daughter said, "You can't go yet. Joni and the kids are coming. Joni and the kids are coming." And uh-huh. she said, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she literally <laughs> waited. She stayed the whole. She kept herself. I mean, I really believe this. She kept herself there the whole time they were there. They mm-hmm. were there for almost ten days, and. Not two hours after Joni and the kids got on the flight to fly back to America, she passed away. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, sometimes sometimes it, it is that way. You never know what people are holding on for. And Tommy was such a diehard Dodger that it wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me. It wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me at all if that was something in his heart that he mm-hmm. had been holding out for. You know, because he knew we were so close. I mean, who knows? I'm fully speculating. Yeah, who knows? Just, just speaking about him, and just in terms of passion, uh, no matter what it is, I always love these stories when you know someone all their lives until they're in their 90s or even make it to 100 are so passionate about something. You know, and I, I was watching um, 
what was it? Super Soul Sunday the other day. And there was a guy on there on talking to Oprah. She always has these amazing guests on just talking about how important it is to have passion in your life, have something that you're passionate about and, you know, affirming that and really, really pursuing it and calling it in. So it sounds like he did that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and he did it well. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, you know, Tommy has got like a laundry list of accomplishments uh, under his belt. And as Jeremy said, you know, he's lived a wonderful 93 years full of accomplishments. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend in Major League Baseball. I mean, you can't you can't not even if you're not a Dodger fan. You cannot not know who Tommy Lasorda what is. I yep. mean, you know, or it's who he like, was. I knew the name man. from. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. I knew the name from my friend. <laughs> I mean, hell, you could even you could even go ahead and remember the old the, the old ultra slim fast commercials they used to do. Well, I was actually just going to ask about that. I was going to say not to be yeah. mean because Tommy was proud that he was a part of that. Oh, but yeah. I wanted to know has Slim Fast offered a statement yet or made a comment because <laughs> you know, he was a huge part of their success in the 80s and in the early 90s and you know, Tommy was a big guy and admitted, you know, he's Italian, he likes his pasta. Um, <laughs> right? You know, he did but lose a lot of weight with Slim He lost though. a lot of weight using <laughs> did Slim Fast. He did. Yeah, he did. You he saw did. those commercials. He really, really? did. You yeah. saw a fitter, slimmer Tommy Lasorda and a really significantly slimmer Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> and I mean, it was pretty impressive. But and it was something he was proud of, and that was so cool. It was. It wasn't an embarrassment to him. It wasn't just something he was doing for the money. It was something he was proud of. So again, awesome. it was that genuineness about him. Yeah, I, I always just remember every time the commercials open, Hi, I'm Tommy Lasorda. He <laughs> <laughs> always had that, that accent with him every single time he opened up with those commercials. It was hilarious. And let's not forget, he his, his, he's the godfather of Mike Piazza. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. Mike, Mike Piazza, the great Dodger catcher, mm-hmm. would never have been drafted by the Dodgers if Tommy Lasorda had not been his godfather and had not told them, you got to watch this kid. He was, he drafted, was awesome. Piazza like, was amazing. Oh, he was drafted like, I don't know, 247th, 147th round, whatever the last rounds. I mean, like the dead last pick the Dodgers had. And we're talking about a Hall of Fame catcher here who... It was nothing, and it wasn't nepotism. It was Tommy knowing that this kid had something special. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But had he not been his godfather and had not been watching him come up, he would never have known that. I mean, Tommy always had he always had an eye for talent. Oh, Tommy knew. I mean, look at go back to '88. Go back to that classic classic game. We all know the Gibson walk-off home run. A lot of people don't know the background behind that. Since Gibson hadn't been playing because of the injury, Tommy specifically kept him, not in the dugout, kept him back in the training room so the fans wouldn't even see him. The reason being, he knew if he was needed at a crucial moment, he wanted the stadium to go berserk. He knew that moment would be that defining special type of moment. So he literally staged that whole thing just in case a moment like that came up. And what happens? Gibson comes up. 
He's needed. Nobody thinks he's going to play. The guy is literally playing on two bad knees. Wow. He's got he's got no ligament. He's got a ligament tear. Ooh. He's got a ligament oh, strain. Lord. He he hobbles to oh. the plate using the bat as a crutch, as a cane, basically. The fans are going berserk, and that he even said that energy is what fueled him and made, got him physically even to the plate. Mm-hmm. And then he yanks that Eckersley Eckersley slider right out of the park. I mean, it was it, mm-hmm. you can't. People have said it. A Hollywood writer wouldn't even dare write it. I nice. was about to say that, Jeremy. Like this sounds like a movie a mm-hmm. scene in a movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, a Hollywood writer wouldn't even dare write it. And Tom yeah. Lasorda basically scripted that before the yes. game even started. Mm-hmm. That was the type of brilliance this guy had as a coach. You heard. You, you could hear the. I bet you could hear the. Coined uh, the coin score for many uh, inspirational movies. Da 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 da. That's what you hear when you when you hear that story. I I always hear the natural theme. That's the one that always comes into my head. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's you know, again, it's a, it's 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 awesome to recall all these great memories of of a legend. And uh, again, hopefully this isn't the last time that uh that that we see him on this earth hopefully he gets through whatever he's going through right now uh but uh if not you know it's it's a sad day for all, a lot of us los angelinos uh that are dodger fans and uh you know hopefully hopefully he'll get through this but uh we'll keep an eye on that and uh, keep you posted uh, definitely keep you posted on on any on any, on any news regarding Tommy Lasorda and his health. In other sports news, man, LSU just keeps on having one thing after another with controversy, don't they? Apparently, it seems that LSU ignored sexual assault complaints against certain football players, and this is uh, this is from this is th- those allegations that were made against former running back uh, Darius uh, Geis. And mm-hmm. other former football players as well, uh, and the the allegations were and the complaints were ignored, either ignored uh, or denied the victims' request for protection. Uh, they also said that uh, there's also reports that saying that three other cases in which football players were actually found responsible for sexual assaults, they basically just gave them a slap on the hand by only um, uh, they were they were. Uh, they were basically allowed to stay on campus receiving deferred suspensions, uh, which pretty much amounts to probation. For sexual assault, they gave him a slap on the wrist for sexual assault. I mean, I know that players have always been, football players in, in particular, have always been treated differently because, again, NCAA, cash cow, Jeremy, as we've talked about that before. Uh, but this is ridiculous. They're getting away with with real serious allegations. There should not be a slap on the wrist. There shouldn't be any of that. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, Lonnie, as, as a woman, this must really piss you off because it pisses me yeah. off and I'm not even a woman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just if all these allegations are true and the cases have been fully investigated, which a lot of times... I feel I don't think many of them are to the extent they should be, mainly because the victims are afraid to come forward or may come forward and then for whatever reason um, decide they they want to don't want to testify. But if if it's true, then these victims are being victimized again 
by a slap on the wrist and not punishing these guys. But it just it just lets you know of, of just the double standard and how, you know, these guys are, are treated differently than they would be if it were somewhere else. But really, this happens a lot. It's sad. It's it's just it yeah. just sickens me. It sickens me to hear this. I mean, there was also reports of uh, former wide receiver Drake Davis uh, mm-hmm. had assaulted, had punched a, a tennis player, uh, and basically the the victim went ahead and told her uh, told their tennis coach uh, Mike Sell, and they were and Mike Sell was informed about the the, the incident uh, because he Davis had punched uh, this tennis player, which is a woman, in the stomach. Uh, but, oh, but but I mean, come on! You get punched by a wide receiver. That's not something small. That's that's, that's hard. Uh, but you know, but the thing is that they did not report the assault to the school or uh, the 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 title uh, coordinator, and. It sat in LSU's. Uh, the LSU sat with this information for months, while mm. while Davis continued to assault and strangle the woman. I mean, he did all this stuff. Finally, in 2018, Davis was arrested on second-degree battery charges, and he was suspended indefinitely from the team. Uh, I mean, it just, it just, it just, it's, it's insane. They just sat on this while this woman could have been killed during this time. That's crazy because they better be careful because this, um, if those students are smart enough, all those uh, victims could file a lawsuit against the university. It just makes me think about Penn State Mm -hmm. and like what happened with Penn State. Well, that's I was going to throw it to that as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is nothing new. Okay, universities and coaching staffs covering up for football players is nothing new. This goes back to, you know, the early days of college football, high school football. I mean, this goes on in high school football down south and in Texas where, you know, football's lifeblood. I mean, this stuff happens down there. It's covered up and it's these kids are protected. It's what they're used to. They're used to being able to do whatever the hell they want. And it's starting to change but unfortunately we're as you can see we still have a very long 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 way to go I mean we just had a bunch of cases like this in the last three to four years that had been popping up entire coaching staffs were were let go university presidents have been let go and yet it's still going on people are not learning the lesson you know, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, as you said, Lonnie, mm-hmm. it absolutely has to be vetted. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be investigated. Right. It has to, you know, there was um, there was a USC linebacker mm-hmm. in high school. He was highly recruited, had agreed to come to USC. He had accepted his scholarship offer, and then he gets accused of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Black linebacker white mm-hmm. girl mm-hmm. parents had a fit it was mm-hmm. that kind of situation he goes mm-hmm. to prison mm-hmm. for a sexual assault he did not commit yeah and that it happened. he, oh, he that is happened. he is then released from prison about three or four years later after reinvestigation and then i believe the girl recanted and said no my parents made me lie it was you yep. know, it, wow it, all this other yep. stuff this guy went to prison 
And thankfully, USC honored his scholarship when he got out. He, you know, was still in good physical shape. And he, you know, he I don't think he ever played in a game for us, but he was on the practice squad and on the B wow. team. And he actually did come to USC. There's a mm-hmm. there is a movie. Uh, there was an independent film kind of done about his mm-hmm. life. So, mm-hmm. yes, you have to be very careful. But the mm-hmm. problem is this has been going on so long, you know, that. It's, it's my honest feeling, I have no numbers to back this up, that there's mm-hmm. considerably more of these cases that we hear about that are going on that are true than these false accusation cases. Exactly. I mean, I, I gotta ask: did, did anything happen with that with that girl that that falsely accused him? I mean, did she tell me that his family right? sued their family for for that? I mean, tell me there was some sort of legal, you know, implication or ramifications for her actions? I, I actually don't know that. Oh, um, I didn't. I didn't watch the independent film. I don't know if they if they address any of that. And I really didn't. There hasn't been a lot of writing on the story and follow up. So. In my opinion, that should be that should be a law that if you falsely accuse somebody of something as serious as that, then you should receive the punishment that was that that they had gotten, you know, in order to, you know, go ahead and serve as a lesson to you not to go ahead and falsely accuse somebody, in my opinion. Hmm. He served three years. She should have served three years. Because those three years, he cannot get back. Who knows what kind of trauma that poor kid endured while he was in prison. You're very right. And I can talk to this. You and I have talked about this Mm -hmm. before, Xander. My great-grandmother was, this is a long story, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but my great-grandmother was murdered. And she was murdered by a business partner of my great-grandfather's who she was having an affair with. Mm-hmm. Long story, she tried to get out. He mm-hmm. shot her and killed himself. But he did mm-hmm. this in my great-grandfather's house. My great-grandfather oh. went to prison for a crime he did not commit. Wow. And ev- my grandmother and all her sisters and her brother were all sent to orphanages. Oh my! So God. we're not just talking about the life you can't get back by going to right. jail. This is your family. This is yeah. your. This affects absolutely Everybody. everything. Exactly. I mean, my grandmother grew up in one of the worst orphanages on the East Coast because of this, and I believe my great grandfather was released from prison. You know, after a certain amount of time, when he was proven innocent. So wow. it, it's it's you absolutely have to be very careful with that type of accusation. And yeah. I mean, given back then, there was no DNA. There was no it was a very basic thing. They had proof that there was an affair. They were both found dead in my great grandfather. I mean, it was a practically mm-hmm. open shut case for a 1920s, you know, right. mm-hmm. type of situation. So. And- you know, and it's not that I'm taking away uh, the credibility of these victims because I, I, I can even think of uh, times, but I, I do want to say this, Joe, though, just speaking as a woman, uh, when I was in college, um, I worked, I went to school in Boston and I worked um, part time in this hotel. Um, and um, I was like a cocktail waitress and it was walking distance from school. A lot of uh, athletes, uh, both professional and college athletes, would stay in this particular chain whenever they had games. And I can tell you, I can think of one time in particular, you know how many times I had many of those guys hit on me? I mean, to the point where it was like, come up to my room. And I was smart enough then to never go 
because always in my mind I thought you know I put myself in a dangerous situation where my safety is being compromised it's my word against his word that's it I could say you know he invited me and I went up but it's always going to look like why did you go up there People mm-hmm. are going, going to look at view me that way. And for that reason, I just was really, really careful about not putting myself in situations where something could happen to me and no one would really would be hard for me to prove or tell someone what happened. No, and I, and, 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 and I agree with that because it, it reminds yeah. me of Harvey Wein, the Harvey Weinstein case. Yep. Granted, yeah, the guy's a slime ball. We all know this. I mean, but there were certain allegations where the woman, you know, like they mm-hmm. would say, well, he had us meet us, meet yeah. his room. And it's like, room. why would you go there to begin with? Yeah, like why, why would you think that a man yeah. asking for a business meeting in a hotel room would go exactly the way you think it would go. I mean, come on, let's have a little more common sense. It's like, if you ask for business meeting, business meetings are either, either take place in an office or they take place in a gathering with more than just the two of them. You know, I mean, it's a gathering between uh, the producer and maybe the manager, agent, whatever, and their client, not just one-on-one because then that becomes, I guess, a date, you know, even in a restaurant setting Um, or it looks a little bit suspicious anyway. I mean, you know, but but this isn't even the case like that. This is a case where he said, you know, uh, I'd like to talk more about this with you in my room. Um, mm-hmm. uh, hello? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. You can't honestly think that, you know, that what that he didn't he only wanted to talk business with you in his room. I mean, right. I just yes. in these situations, you don't know this for these people. I don't know how well um, these females knew these these football players or athletes or whatever. So I got to walk this back for a second, though, because whether they went up to the room or not is not the issue, you know, and we all know that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yes, you have to be smart. Absolutely. But whether you were smart about it or not, going back up to someone's room doesn't is not a permission slip for them to do what they want with you. Right. You know, that's just the facts. I mean, I I've invited girls back to my room before, you know, when I was single and whatever, and I wasn't trying to nail them at the time or whatever you mm-hmm. want. I wasn't trying to be a dog like that. You know, maybe I was hoping to make out a little, but I, you know, <laughs> invite them back up so we can talk and hang out. Yeah. And I mean, so again, I'm not saying, believe me, girls, ladies women please be careful you know Mm -hmm. try and use some common sense and put yourself in the best situations you can but that being said just because you decide to go up to a guy's house room apartment or otherwise it's not you know you're not saying okay yes we're having sex you're not giving Mm -hmm. him permission so it it doesn't excuse anything and i don't like that that's something that we as a society look well why do you go why'd you go up there you know bullshit I went up there to talk. I went up there to hang out. I went up there for whatever damn reason I felt like going up there right. for. I didn't go up there to give him permission to rape me. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Jeremy. But, I, but there's just this part of me that's just like, if I were talking to like my niece or daughter, I'd be like, don't go. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 no, and, and that part of it, I agree and, completely. And, and, yeah. and let me let me interject here real quick, too. Here's the other thing. It's not just, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Jeremy, but not everybody thinks that way, unfortunately. And the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, I mean, he already had a reputation as it was. Oh, he's so that way. looking. Yeah, and, and not only that, but he had a reputation. So according uh-huh. to many, many reports, he had a reputation in Hollywood for being that type of guy. Uh, and but the other thing, too, is that in in in, uh, in to reverse the role here for a second, that men for liability reasons don't ever. I mean, be careful as well. I mean, because there could be maybe, you know, like like with that happened with that general with that kid from USC. He got wrongfully accused. Sometimes things like that happen to men, too. Mm-hmm where they are wrongfully accused. Yep. And, well, you know, it's it's one of those things where they have, guys have to be careful too when they they invite a woman up or anything like that because, you know, it could turn, it could turn ugly. It could turn well, ugly. I guess what, I, what I'm trying to say is you just don't know what their motives are. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I don't even want either to say- way, On either side, guys, on either side. Yeah, on either side. I mean, there are guys like Jeremy. There are guys that where I've gone, where I've been around and they were, they were wonderful. Yeah, I've know? had I've had that too. Like where I mean, I'm just like Jeremy. I mean, where I've had mm-hmm. I've had moments where I've actually literally just you know hung out with. Let me okay, mm-hmm. give you an example. I and it's funny funny situation too because I couldn't believe this actually happened. So right. I was hanging out with with this with this uh, with this uh, with this woman and uh, beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, and I was like the time I was in, my, in the back of my head I was like there's no chance in hell there's an attraction here between myself and her because she's like look at her look at me I mean but that's just my mind always and <laughs> this is where I, I the stupid button went off in my head the entire time she goes ahead and she invites me to dinner I didn't think much of it uh-huh. And, uh, she, we went back to her place and she's like, Hey, let's hang out at my place. You know, if you want, you could spend the night, whatever, whatever. I was like, yeah, cool. No, no problem. You know, not a problem. So she ends up, uh, giving me sweats to sleep and everything. We literally watched the movie and slept in the same bed, but nothing, nothing happened yeah, between the two of us. Here's <laughs> the funny. Well, here's the funny part, right? About a week later, I'm talking about this other girl with her and she's like, um, you do realize I I like you, right? I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, she's like, well, yeah, I kind of sort of uh, took you to dinner, and you know, we were kind of hanging out, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, like that's where I was at in my head because I I saw it as completely innocent. It was just an innocent time right there between me and her. You know, like I was like, dude, there's no freaking way. You know, but she. So thought you were different. just missing all the signs. I completely. Yeah, well, I'm, you can I'm have a hard time with someone, and they can still develop feelings and want to spend time. Well, with no, you. but she she wanted to have more with me, and I didn't know that. I completely missed the sign, and I'm like that too. Unfortunately, I'm I'm that type of guy that if you don't tell me straight up or like grab me from my head and be like hey i like you okay let's do something about this stop being stupid i just won't get it i will never see the signs i'm blind when it comes to that i have my like blinders on i guess my own insecurities is what causes the blinders to come on too so uh Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean but that's what i'm saying is that i've i myself had had moments like that where i could just be with a beautiful woman and not think anything more than just what it is it's just two friends hanging out uh and not want to 
do more than that. I mean, hell, I've even I've even slept in the same bed with women that I do like, but I don't do anything about that because it's you know it it's up to them if they want to pursue it further or not. I don't make the first move because that right there is just not my style. I mean, but I'm still very respectful. I don't go ahead mm-hmm. and try to you know force anything. No, there's no, there's no point to that. That's no fun. Right. You know, I mean, it's just not that's just not fun at all to go ahead and do something like that. I mean, so yeah, I've I've had friends like that. I've had you know female friends like that, and that's just that's how I've always been. I'm like again, I'm just like Jeremy in that in that aspect where it's like yeah, you know, you'd hope something happens, but if it doesn't, eh, you know, at least you had a good night. You had good company. You had a you had a good moment with a, with a good person, and you just had a good conversation. But yeah, it's just uh, going back to uh, to this issue with LSU again. LSU, I don't know what they're doing in that college, but they 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 pretty much go from uh, they pretty much go from coronavirus to now sexual assault allegations. It's a mess over there. Somebody needs to really do something with that university right now because you know it doesn't seem like they're they're uh, they're doing too well. But I don't know. We'll we'll you know hopefully they'll start getting their their shit in order because this is just this is just getting all bad in other sports news well it looks like uh it's possible that the lakers uh uh, dream team might be breaking down uh anthony davis has decided to decline uh his option and uh, is becoming a free agent this week. He's trying the free agency market out this week after declining uh, a deal which is worth $28.7 million. Uh, and it, it's basically the, his decision to become a free agent is basically a business decision. And uh, he's trying to he's trying to see what happens. A lot of a lot of things are going to weigh in whether or not he's going to stay with the Lakers or not. Part of that is also LeBron James staying with the with the Lakers. Uh, his contract is going through 2021 and he's got an option for 21-22. So there's that right there. Uh, there's also the fact that, I mean, the Lakers will also present him with several other options to see if maybe they could go ahead and keep him. And I, I sincerely hope that they that they try to try to keep him around because, I mean, he played an intricate role in the championship win with the, La- like, with the Lakers being champions this year. So that's a tough one, man. I mean, that's when it comes to when it comes to business decisions and things like that. I mean, you know, Lonnie, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think that what Davis is doing is is right, or do you think he should stay with the with the franchise with everything you know with a good championship run? I mean, is it about the money or is it about the fans? I wish that it were more about staying with the championship uh, franchise. I could just switch from uh, the NBA to the NFL. When Troy Polamalu played for the Steelers, the Steelers actually were the only team he ever played for. Yep. I don't know what his contract was, but I know that he really wanted to stay and play with the Steelers for his entire time. I don't know what, what kind of offers he got, but there's just a lot to be said about staying with the same team and for it not being about the money. But by the same token, you know, these guys are trying to make as much as they can within the time that they can. Because, you know, although Anthony Davis complimented LeBron really well in in winning the championship, he's not LeBron and he's not Mm -hmm. Steph Curry. He, mm-hmm. Which is like the what they call them their franchise players, mm-hmm. there or the you know the the basically the there's always the star of the team you know there's always even when you hear it in the NBA 
which is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like the NBA. They always say, you know, Steph Curry and the Warriors are taking on, you know, whatever. So there's only one, it seems oftentimes, maybe two, um, if you're lucky. And so in his mind, he might be thinking, you know what? I only have a couple of more years of playing. I'm gonna wanna do something else and I wanna maximize my time and make as much money as I can because it's a business. Although I don't like that as a fan, a lot of mm-hmm. fans don't like that. Agreed. I can understand it, you know, cause I kind of see it as a business. There aren't that many Troy Palomalos. There aren't that many Steph Curry's. There aren't that many Michael Jordans. There aren't that many Kobe Bryant's. There's only a few. Yeah, and that's very true. And, I mean, mean, you hit the nail right on the head about uh, the fans being disappointed. I mean, Jeremy, you're a Laker fan as well. I mean, you and I are both from L.A. So hearing this type of news, I mean, we talked about this in past episodes that he was probably not going to stick around because there were reports that he might become a free agent. Well, there were reports of that early on, but let's walk the panic train back a little bit. In an interview that he gave, and he just gave it yesterday when he made the decision to opt out of his contract, he basically explained that he did this with the goal of remaining a Laker. And I'll explain why that makes a little sense. Now, negotiating like said, tactic? Well, it's a negotiating mm-hmm. tactic to a degree because, and, I'll, and here's why. LeBron, like you said, is signed through 2021 has an option for longer but everybody knows lebron is at the end mm-hmm. mm, true lebron needs that younger bull to take the lead and and be you know the dominant one day in and day out and we saw that this season now when we needed him most lebron turned it on became lebron and did what he does but he really relied on anthony davis this year and he was one Mm -hmm. of the first to say it so davis knows that and one of the reasons they got him and wanted him there was his age he's got a lot of good years left and the lakers are looking at him as a guy who could carry the franchise now he's not going to do it alone he's not michael jordan he's Mm -hmm. but if you build the right team around him which they have a lot of great parts he can be that guy so i think for him it's a negotiating tactic in that he's going to be stepping up and taking the lead over the next couple of years even with lebron there because lebron mm-hmm. is hitting the end of his career and he wants to be compensated for that at that level so this mm-hmm. gives him that leverage to say no i want to stay here but if you guys want me to be your guy for the next five ten years then i want to see that return true True. So, so yeah. I, it may not be mm-hmm. that he's looking to go somewhere else for the biggest contract. Mm-hmm. It may very well be that he's doing this just to get the best contract he can with the Lakers. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. But I know the Lakers are very interested in keeping him. And again, the both of them back with most of the core team, they would be considered the favorites again next year. Mm-hmm. I know Davis would love to put up another championship as well. That's got to be something that he thinks about. So, you know, I, I don't think this is a done deal yet, him leaving. I don't think it's a, a real panic yet. I think the goal, I, I take him at his word that the goal is to remain with the Lakers. 
good. Yeah, I mean, I, I that works out. Let's hope. Let's hope it does work out because mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, again, that combination was a killer combination. It's a combination we haven't had in many years with the Lakers. Uh, so let's hope that uh, that let's hope that that's that's going to be the case. Uh, that he stays and that it's just a you know possible negotiation tactic of his to see exactly you know who's gonna who's you know playing. <laughs> it's kind of like he's playing chicken with uh, the Lakers organization. He's gonna he's, they're trying to see who's gonna who's going to turn first. So we'll see what happens and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Coming up next in video game news, uh, Oxford University made a study suggesting that playing games is good for mental health. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, brand new music from AB, Lil Miss Santa, right here on the Xander Effect. You are now listening to the Xander Effect. And you're listening, and you're listening to the Xander Effect.
It was Hannah, it's your favorite against Du Brown. I repped that 305 that day, County that MIA, yo. And we checking in with Xander Dames on the Xander effect. it right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, looks like uh, the very brilliant minds of Oxford University have basically suggested that playing video games is good for mental health. According to writer Jordan Oloman of uh, IGN.com, he basically wrote an article about this and it said, quote, as reported by The Guardian, academics from the UK University use gameplay data from Animal Crossing New 
New Horizons and Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville in the study using psychological questionnaires questionnaires to find that more playtime led to a greater sense of well-being in players. This is one of the first instances of researchers using real playtime data rather than asking subjects to report their own hours. So... I mean, this is this is really cool that this is brought up because, you know, we, we're always under the impression growing up that TV rots our brains and video games, they just make you stupid uh, or games in general. But here's the proof. Geniuses are saying that's actually a good thing. That's, that's yes. awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you know, playing games is a good thing. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. During this uh, during this time of quarantine, I mean, and I've always said this too. I mean, if you are in a state of mind where you're just so pissed that you want to go out and and just you know go postal on people, do it on a video game. I mean, you know, get on Call of Duty, start shooting people. You know, there have been times where I've been so angry, and I get on there and I talk to you know uh, different friends that I've made on there and everything, and I'm like, I'm pissed right now. Just give me something to shoot at. You know, just give me something to shoot at right now. So I let all out my, I let all my aggressions out. And when I'm done and I win, I'm like, ah, I feel much better now. (laughs) I got to shoot somebody. So, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, I I mean, Jeremy, you're a gamer. I mean, is, would you think that this is right? What they're saying? Well, I'm going to be the slow your roll guy this uh, episode. Oh God, come on. (laughs) So so slow your roll here. Uh, Yes, I do agree with what they found. And I am of the opinion that video games and different types of video games definitely serve different purposes that are beneficial. But look at the two types of games that they are using the data from at the moment. Animal Crossing and Plants vs. What plants versus zombies or whatever? Plants <laughs> versus what? I don't plants know. What for, you yeah, said. plants versus zombies. Battle for Neighborville. Again, two more kid geared games. True, right? And definitely not as aggressive as a lot of the video games out there. So. Right a sense of well-being makes a lot of sense coming from those games. You tend to your your characters, you help build better lives for them. That makes a lot of sense. Um, not sure you'd see the same numbers with Call of Duty or something like that. Now, I'm not saying those don't have value too. There's a lot of value in the escapism, very similar mm-hmm. to just delving into a story by reading right. a book. Um, especially a lot of the games I play are they're very story driven which is what keeps me interested um, mm-hmm. so there's there's is a lot of benefit I believe but this study and the data they're using it makes sense to me that there'd be a sense of well-being because these are games that are made to be kind of calming and you know simple and provide you with a lot of uh, what you would consider a re- rewarding experience Right. Hmm. And to yeah. add to, to I was going to say, I, I, I was going to say, Lonnie, I was, and I'm sorry to cut you here real quick, but I remember yeah. saying, suggest, saying something similar to what Jeremy's saying because you have a game mm-hmm. that you play as well. 
Yeah, just to add to Jeremy's point. Well, I mean, I'm just a firm believer with everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that video games are, are bad, but staying home for five hours, like for example, my, my cousin limits the time her daughter plays because her daughter's on the spectrum too, you know? And she, she really wants her to encouraging her to socialize more and talk to people. Um, so, uh, so with that said, yeah, I actually have a game on my phone that I like to play sometimes Wordscape. So it's basically like a video uh, crossword puzzle. What I love about it is uh, I've discovered words and I'm like, that's a word? And I like to sometimes <laughs> if I have a hard time sleeping at night, I'll start it, you know, playing it. I love it because you get a certain amount of points and then each level you, you know, you, you get the, the words become more difficult and sometimes it's just a four letter word and, or five letters and then there's a bonus word. It's a great way to um, increase your vocabulary. So, True. True. so yeah, um, all in, all in moderation. True, I gotta agree with that because I, you know, I playing words with friends, you know, kind of mm -hmm. it, uh, it helps. It helped me speak good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you speak <laughs> very goodly. I speak very goodly, but uh, I mean, but the, the problem, bestest. The, you're the, the bestest speaker. I'm the bestest. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's there's been times though that like words with friends kind of irritates me a little bit because some people tend to cheat. Like really? when they take, yeah, when they take a while to go ahead and answer for the next word, it's because they're looking at their thesaurus or uh, in the dictionary for a word that's going to go well with what, like, to capitalize on it. And I'm right. just like, come on, stop cheating, you know, just come, just look for something, you know, <laughs> think of it. Top of your head, yeah. just do it. Um, right. But yeah, it just that that kind of annoyed me because I was playing against somebody that was doing exactly that, and I'm like, <laughs> really, really, you you can't think of a word? You have to actually go cheat and look for it. Come on, that's right. not the point of this game, you know. So. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's hit or miss for me. But I mean, I agree that yeah. I mean, playing that those games uh, actually are good for your mental health. And you know, I I mean, I still play them. I still play them every once in a while. So it does help me out a lot. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see that Oxford uh, went ahead and uh, and uh, solidified that. So that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> granted, the games that I play aren't exactly to stimulate my mind. They're just to stimulate my anger I guess you might say well, you know that's good too yeah I wouldn't, say, of, I wouldn't say stimulate I'd say satiate right that's see Release. see 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 there's there's Jeremy using words with friends another um, <laughs> <laughs> another video game news um so I wanted to go ahead and give everybody a little bit of an update uh and some people might say God, you're slow on this game, but I'm taking my time with it. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Man, that game is freaking awesome, but it's so time consuming. It's the maps are massive. I mean, it's crazy because you start off in Norway and something happens in between there that you end up in England. And the English map is massive. It's 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 so just big. Uh, but it's really cool because you get to see how England was in the time of the Vikings as well. And another really cool part is that you don't only get to visit those two maps, but there's a certain point 
in the story where you drink some sort of an elixir and it transports you to the the uh, the mythical realm of Asgard where Thor lives, where all the gods live and everything. And you get to actually uh, step into the shoes of Odin, I believe. And you hey, not too many spoilers. Well, yeah, just, you're giving it away. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you the update. So I'm not telling you what you have to do when you're in Asgard. I'm just telling you what happens when you get there or how you get there. Uh, but it's really cool. There's a lot of uh, really cool adventures that happen there. But my suggestion is to first level up in the game because and it even tells you on there what level is recommended for you to play that map. Uh, and I, I gotta tell you, it's like at first you think it's maybe from you know that that uh, the character goes from one to a hundred. No, I've seen some portions of the map that go all the way to I think three hundred and forty. So to say that that this this uh, leveling up is gonna take a while would be an understatement. Um, it's a very long, like very large map, pretty long story, but all the stories are very interesting, every single one of them. So that's that's my report so far for uh, for Assassin's Creed Valhalla I mean I suggest uh, many of you go ahead and uh, you know check it out Jeremy I know you're 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 foaming at the mouth right now jumping <laughs> at the bit man I absolutely can't wait yeah I, uh, I stopped watching any more of the initial walkthroughs because I don't want to spoil too much of the story or anything else but everything looks brilliant everything I've heard the story is so immersive uh, which as I've said is for me one of the biggest parts that keeps me playing a game you know mm -hmm. the story draws you in uh, Red Dead Redemption Mass Effect mm -hmm. all of these kind of epic uh, games have incredible stories that really drive you through it they don't get it helps keep it from feeling repetitive because you want to know what happens next just like a great book so that's what this seems to be all the criticisms I hear only things people seem to be able to focus on is oh it's not an old school Assassin's Creed game it's got too much RPG in it it's too much role playing it's not old school it's not old school that's all they keep saying so they can't criticize the graphics they can't criticize the story they can't criticize the gameplay and apparently from what I've heard the combat is rather seamless as well so mm. it's, it sounds like an amazing game and I am dying to play it oh the combat's ridiculous Lonnie you're gonna love it you're gonna <laughs> become one of us I'm telling you I'm foreseeing it you maybe <laughs> God, she's being resistant she's being resistant come to the dark side we have cooking <laughs> we have cookies and milk. You like it? Um, That's enough to make me wanna, Yeah, I'll come over if they're if they're peanut butter cookies, homemade. <laughs> oh, hey, I do, I do good ones. I won't eat them, but I do good ones. Well, you know, you know what's funny is that Jeremy is a certified chef. I know, but he doesn't bake. Okay. Nah, the baking thing's not my strong point. I do a few things. Okay. I can do some cookies, good. I can do, you know, a couple of breads and sweet breads and but no the baking thing in culinary school yes i'll admit i had to take baking three times you gotta remember it's yeah, yeah. cooking is an art Baking's uh -huh. a science True. and i don't have that scientific mind that analytic mm -hmm. mind like that i have that more creative mm -hmm. you know i don't measure when i cook it's all about taste and mm -hmm. baking is very 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 
specific. And there's a very good reason for that. Everything in baking comes from basically the same four ingredients. You got flour, sugar, fat, and salt. salt. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you throw in your yeast, sometimes not. But again, it's the proportions of those four similar ingredients that make a cake a cake or a Mm -hmm. bread a bread or a cookie a cookie. Mm. So it has to be very, very precise. And that's just not the way I cook. So it's not something that came very naturally to me. This, this This sounds to me like the makings of a wonderful cooking podcast. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, you know, you never know. But uh, really quick, uh, there's some breaking news coming in right now from CBSSports.com, breaking sports news. Drew Brees is out with a bro- broken ribs and also a collapsed lung. Jeez. of uh for the season so that's uh that's gonna that's uh breaking news coming in right now uh it's uh not a good uh, not a good thing for the saints uh definitely not a good thing for drew Brees. and uh yeah it's not it's this has just been a this has just been a season of injuries uh been left and right but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a tough one for uh, the Saints to to have that kind of a loss right there because Drew Brees is the captain. He is the commander of that team, and who knows how they're going to do the rest of the season without him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I appreciate everybody from for tuning in. I appreciate my two co-hosts, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Thank you so much for being here, even though you're like me. Always a pleasure to be here, especially after the Trojans won again this weekend. <laughs> had to throw that in there, didn't you? you just, just had to do that, didn't you? And of course, our wonderful co-hostess, Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, always a pleasure. Hey, since we're talking about football, we're 9-0, just saying. Pittsburgh Steelers. What is the oh. deal with you guys? I mean, we're trying to end the show here. You guys just have to freaking throw it in there, don't you? I mean, my Packers are doing good, too, all right? Give me a break. We're not going to talk about UCLA or anybody else. So, anyways, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And, again, we're still in a pandemic. Unfortunately, numbers are rising again. Uh, so, please, please, I can't stress this enough, make sure to wear your masks while you're going out make sure to practice basic hygiene wash your hands uh you know don't touch your face wear your gloves if you got them goggles if you got them make sure to watch your watch yourselves not just for yourselves but for your loved ones watch each other's backs because we're all in this together and remember music always always heals all we'll see you next time The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and Bertelsmann. In association with Art19 Media.